first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine. Today, we'll be talking about Roadrunner, Anthony Bourdain with Benjamin, Marathon with Callista, and a Cinderella story, Starstruck, with Kyla. First, we'll be reviewing Roadrunner, Anthony Bourdain with Benjamin. So, what is this movie about? Well, as you said, it's about Anthony Bourdain, who, for those who do not know, um, he started out as a chef. He wrote a he wrote a kind of semi-memoir um, novel about called Kitchen Confidential in the late 90s and then from there that book was a massive hit and so he starts uh, he gets asked by two TV producers um, he was working on his second book then to sort of go on a project with them where they would go around the world and try all kinds of different foods and it was going to be a TV show and then from there, um, it spawns a multi-decade career uh, that unfortunately ended with Bourdain's suicide in 2018. Oh, that is so sad. Oh, wow. So is it, just one question, is it like a bunch of people talking about him? Is it clips of him? Is it, what kind of stuff is it? Is it him talking too, or? It, it finds a pretty even balance of, you know, making a movie about someone who is no longer around and still making it feel like it's somewhat driven by their own voice. And so there's a lot of outtakes from shows and just stuff he recorded, uh, like home movies, basically. And also, I thought a really interesting angle with this, the director of this movie, all, his last one was about Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers did not have Instagram. Anthony Bourdain did. So there is a point in the movie where Sorry to get bleak here, but like the last Instagram story he put out before uh, he committed suicide ended up actually being pretty telling into his mindset. And all, but also, on top of all of that, they do talk to his family and his friends and collaborators, and um, yeah, a lot of the people who were he was close to. Okay, yeah, that's really cool that they got to like reach out to people that he was close to. And so, was this kind of like? action like an action-packed documentary was it more laid back was it boring anything like that I like your question I like what it's getting at I'm not sure you could talk call really any documentary action-packed though I mean it's engaging and they really do there's a lot of interesting motifs they bring in um you know new places introduced that they went to on the show oh boom there's a new song they also do a really cool thing I liked a lot where they take clips from Anthony Bourdain's own favorite movies and intercut them with things that, you know, within his life that sort of connected to them in some way. So there's one point where he's talking about how sad he is so often to leave home. And then they uh, cut to a clip from a movie called, I think it was called Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. There's a bunch in there. Um, so, and then also, they go to the Congo, I believe. I can't re exactly remember. They go to the Congo at one point, and Anthony Bourdain loved the movie Apocalypse Now, and so they're going back and forth between his own kind of 
descent into madness a little bit where he's like stabbing a pig <laughs> and then <laughs> this uh fictional um similar track that kind of inspired him so oh wow that's really cool that they got to incorporate something that was so close to like himself and everything uh and so i'm wondering is it at all like comedic is it kind of sad is it like what's the i guess other than documentary what would you say like the genre is well i mean it's still true trying fortunately within a documentary you're making a movie about anthony bourdain who was a lot of things i mean mm-hmm. there's a lot of remark jokes he made about like his own death far decades before he died but they're you know funny little sides that are a lot sadder now um and also he was just a very he had a morbid sense of humor but he was also very funny so it's fortunate the movie is fortunate to be able to tell someone's story who was so many things and uh that really helps to liven up what is ultimately kind of a sad story yeah, I think that's always important. Like with any documentary, some it's usually about, you know, kind of like the reality of the world, which is, you know, it's saddening sometimes. Uh, it's just, yeah, I feel like it's good to have some humor in there. Um, I'm wondering, what's like the camera quality like? Was it good? Because I know that it went through different time periods. It went through like the 90s and it went through like recent times. What was the camera quality like? What do you mean? Like, was it good? Was it kind of bad? Was it oh, kind of grainy? I mean, it's really well shot and stuff. It is like a, it, this is coming from Focus Features, and it's from, as I mentioned earlier, it's Morgan Neville, who has quite a bit of experience in this arena of documentaries. So, yeah. All right, yeah, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. So today we're talking about a Cinderella story, Starstruck with Kyla, and a marathon with Callista. And so right now we're continuing our review with Benjamin about Roadrunner Anthony Bourdain. So what is the message of this, uh, this documentary? I am so glad you asked. I got one or two up my sleeve though um so I think there is and ultimately there is something to be taken away from and this is I think the movie's ultimate uh gift pro positive is that it is so much more about how he lived than how he died and I think there's a lot to be taken away from someone who I mean, you could say they made a career off it, which he did, but someone who built their life on being open and kind and compassionate uh, all in his travels around the world and took us on that journey. I think there's something really inspiring in that. And also just sort of the reason he made the show, period, which was to use the, the power of the table at which we share food to, you know, I guess sounding like a, you know, Christmas card or something, but to bridge that divide. So, Yeah. And so is there anything that you learned from this film that you'll, you know, take with you like in life and, and in the future? I think that I, I don't, I can't verify whether or not I will, but I think there is certainly, as I said, there's certainly something to be gained from Anthony Bourdain's example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and what he chose to do with, um, you know, his, his work. 
this might be kind of a random question, but did you like learn any recipes or anything from him? Did he like give out any recipes in the documentary or? I, it's, it's a good question. This ain't that kind of movie though. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, it's in it, it. Yeah. Now that I think it, it's really, it's more, it's, there are moments that illustrate like the power of food but more broadly uh, and not, you know, and there's actually, there's more time spent on like the gross stuff he ate than, Oh yeah. <laughs> fine dishes that were cooked for him. So. Yeah. Okay. So what is the star rating and age recommendation that you would give this? I'm going to give this a 16 to 18. I think, I do think um, there is quite a bit of language and also, you know, the audio viewers will probably know before going in that it gets into themes of suicide. And yeah. Depression and, um, but I do, I do think that it's really worth watching, and I'll give it uh, three and a half out of five. I really enjoyed it. And where can we watch this? Sure. It's in theaters, till, well, right now, but um, it should be coming to VOD with a video on demand within the next few weeks. So if you're not comfortable going to the theater right now, you know, look for it uh, down the pipeline. Yeah, that's great. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Roadrunner, Anthony Bourdain, and next up, we'll be reviewing Marathon with Callista. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. So what is this movie about? So Marathon is a mockumentary about a, well, a marathon. It follows five people, uh, even though four of them are actually running in the marathon, and it follows them in the months leading up to the big, ne- the big day of the actual marathon. 
And so you said it was a mockumentary. So that means it's not a real documentary, but it's like in the style of it. And do you think that it successfully captured the documentary aspect of it? Or did it look pretty fake? Honestly, at times I kind of forgot that I wasn't watching a real documentary because there are many scenes where it's just, it's so believable. Like the acting is, is super well done. Like you believe that these are real people and that this is their real lives that we are watching. But then of course uh, the comedy aspect comes in and you remember, oh yeah, this is supposed to be like a parody. Mm-hmm. So, and so is it like, very comedic is it kind of on the lower side or is it kind of exaggerated like an exaggerated documentary I guess you could say yeah it is very comedic I wouldn't say it's too exaggerated to the point where it goes into like completely absurdist humor but there are you know exaggerated elements of it um like you get the impression that this faux documentary is supposed to be purposefully like low budget and bad because uh there are even scenes where they kind of break the fourth wall and acknowledge that they are in a documentary and Mm -hmm. basically nothing planned goes right which is supposed to be a part of the joke where they're they're planning for this marathon but a bunch of characters have things go wrong in their lives that prevent them from either actually running or running successfully so i definitely feel it is a little bit on the more subtle side of the comedy but it's still very effective Yeah. And so you said uh, that the acting was like, was really good uh, and it was really believable, but can you elaborate more on that? Was there like a favorite actor that you had? I think every actor was pretty good. It's just more so the fact that like their performance is so realistic and it's like, I feel like filming this kind of uh, film where you're pretending that you're in a documentary. So there's no like, you're not supposed to have like a script in this situation where you're, you have to be as like realistic as possible. And um, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like this is kind of a task that would be very hard for, you know, just an average day actor, but it definitely helps sell the, the documentary angle of it. And also the comedy because every single character takes what happens to them like as seriously as possible like this is a life or death situation this marathon (laughs) but the situations are incredibly like ridiculous it's always good to have that like I always tend to find myself preferring funny and comedic movies and stuff and it's funny that they're kind of making I don't I'm, I'm not gonna say like making a joke out of a documentary but kind of like making it funnier I guess yeah and so what were the locations and costumes like was there anything like particularly I guess interesting that stuck out or what um I mean most of the film takes place in like your average everyday like American neighborhood so most of the settings are like very basic like uh just a typical neighborhood or a typical house as for the costumes um it's very like casual like regular American person (laughs) I don't know but there is (laughs) one angle to the costumes that sort of adds to the comedy and the fact that one of the characters her arc is that she wants to beat a world record that world record being running a marathon dressed up in a fruit costume and so (laughs) for a lot of the film she is wearing a banana costume and so that's kind of the only aspect of the costumes that I would say stands out explicitly 
Yeah, that sounds actually, that's a good idea, you know, have someone try and break a world record. Uh, So what's the message of this movie? Well, the message of this movie is kind of bleak in a way, because the message is basically that things in your life won't always go out as, like, exactly as you planned or as you hoped. Um, Which is kind of a depressing message, especially in the context of the (laughs) film, but it's not necessarily a wrong message, so... Yeah, okay. And then what's your age range in star rating? Uh, I would recommend this film for ages 15 to 18 because there is a surprising amount of inappropriate humor. And uh, I would give it four out of five stars. All right. And where can we find it? It is on streaming services. All right. Yeah, thanks so much for talking with me. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Roadrunner Anthony Bourdain with Benjamin a Cinderella story starstruck with Kyla and marathon with Callista. Right now we're switching over to our review with Kyla about a Cinderella story starstruck. So how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. So what is a Cinderella story starstruck about? So it's about a uh, farm girl named Finley Tremaine played by Bailey Madison, who is not your average Cinderella. And the story isn't either, which is one of my favorite parts because it's so unique. It's a Cinderella story, but it has so many unique elements that don't make it like repetitive of other or like the same as other Cinderella stories. Yeah, and so uh, I'm wondering what are like some of those aspects that make it different from the Cinderella, other Cinderella stories, because there are countless Cinderella story movies, but what, like, what specifically makes it different? Yeah, definitely. So, um, in this one, there's a stepbrother named Kale, um, Richard Harmon plays, plays him, and he is one of my favorite characters, because he's so new to the, like, a Cinderella story, like, world, um, and then another thing is they're producing a movie. So it's like a movie within a movie situation. Mm-hmm. And that is what I love about this movie because I love acting and everything to do with movies. So seeing them actually like make and go through the process of creating a movie within like watching a movie itself is so cool. It is really cool. I love movies where it's like that, like they're making a movie within a movie. It's a lot of fun to see. <laughs> yeah. And so was this a musical? Was there any singing? And if so, what were what was the singing like? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it what? <laughs> yes, there was music. I wouldn't say it was like a musical musical. There were um, a few songs. Um, one of my favorites is the beginning song. The, na- the name of it is like slipping my mind right now, but it is definitely my favorite where Finley sings about how she longs to be in a movie um, longs to be an actress and it's really like the singing is beautiful and like everything is just so well done and the visuals that are happening at the same time like match what she is singing it's just beautiful yeah and so is the choreography what's that like this is there a lot of dancing along with the songs or just dancing in general <laughs> yeah so like I said there isn't too much there isn't too, too much like music involved. Um, there are a couple of songs um, and the, the dancing that is in it is more like acting because Finley's kind of like walking around the farm doing her chores, talking to the farm animals, which another unique element that instead of mice, they're on um, farm animals. Um, and she's just kind of going about her daily business while she's singing. So it isn't really like real like 
down to earth dancing. It's just more like moving along with the song and kind of being in her own fantasy world. Yeah, because I I know sometimes in musicals, it's just they kind of break out into song and dance. It's kind of like awkward. (laughs) So it's good that they kind of didn't go along that path, but did more of a natural path. Oh, definitely. It was the incorporation of it was excellent. Yeah. And so I am wondering, what were the sets and what were the costumes like? So, you know, it is a movie. So I would assume that the sets were kind of like movie sets, but were those accurate? Were those... Good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the settings were really good. They were really beautiful. They were almost unrealistic in the way that they were just like, so, so like pretty. And like, even though it was slightly unrealistic, it constantly like produced colorful views. And they always left me in awe after they like came on the screen, like, it would be like sunsets on the on the farm and like this large farm with all these animals and the cinematography actually goes along with that the lighting and perspective and everything make the images natural it's it's amazing it's one of my favorite parts like it's just so beautiful yeah it sounds really beautiful I just love watching movies where it's like this might not be the case for this but it's like on a beach and there's a beautiful sunset it's so beautiful it almost doesn't look real you know (laughs) yeah And I almost feel like they're kind of drawing you in with that. Like, it almost makes you more interested. Like, oh, my God, I want to be there right now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So what would you say the messages are for this film? Definitely to follow your dream. Because Finley, you know, she's mistreated by her stepmother, her inner step-siblings. So, and she really dreams to be an actress. So, um when the opportunity comes, I won't say too much about this, but when the opportunity does come, she really, really wants to follow her dream and do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, it sounds like it's it sounds like a great message, you know, follow your dream. And yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And what is the star rating and age range that you would recommend for this? Uh, I give it five out of five stars. It was one of my favorites of 2021 so far. Um, I give it uh, ages nine to 18 plus adults. They're, it's a great family film, but the reason I didn't like do younger kids is because there's some mild language and um, a bit of action to look out for. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for talking with me. Yeah, it was a blast. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Calista about Marathon and Kyla about a Cinderella story starstruck. Next up, we will be interviewing Bailey Madison and Michael Evans Bailing about a Cinderella story starstruck. Hi, I'm Kyla reporting for Kids First, here with my team member, Ava. Hi. And today we have the honor to speak with Bailey Madison about her role as Finley Tremaine, and Michael Evans Bailing for his role as Jackson Stone in A Cinderella Story Starstruck, which releases on DVD July 12th and digitally June 29th. Let's get started. So, Ms. Madison, despite the very different atmospheres between this and some of your other work, are there characters that you have portrayed before that helped you the most in your role as Finley? Oh, goodness. Also, I have to say, I love the manners with the Miss Madison, but we're besties. You can totally call me Bailey anytime you want. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or, or any other nickname you want to come up with. Um, I, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I, I drew, obviously, inspiration from, from other films when it came to, you know, playing Finley. I think She's the Man was the big one just because of the dynamic between, you know, Finley having to disguise herself as um, as a guy in order to try to live out her dream. Um, so definitely took inspiration from, from other actors who so seamlessly carried those roles. Um, but I, I would say I, I think I could relate a lot to her in my own personal life rather than other characters. Um, I think that, you know, just in terms of, of her love for animals and like the natural kind of tendency that she has around things like that. And then also her love for acting, her love for music. Um, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. Um, so I think, I think a lot of Bailey's heart was kind of woven into Finley a bit. Yeah. I definitely think when you have like real life experiences, it's a lot easier to understand characters. Yeah. It helps for sure. Okay. Um, Miss Madison, in this movie, Finley is a country girl who loves her farm animals. Is there anything in your real life that helped you relate to that? Oh, man, I love animals and I love farm life so much so that like my dream when I'm much older and can hopefully start a family one day is like to be on a farm, you know, and have like chickens and goats and horses for the kids. Um, so for me, that was that was pretty natural. Um I just, I just honestly fell in love with them. I mean, I cried like once when the animals wrapped, you know, when we were done with their scenes at the end of filming, I, I genuinely got so sad. Uh, Herbie was one of the goats. And if I could have taken Herbie with me 
and gotten him through customs and brought him back to LA, um, I would have, I would have been really happy. But uh, no, I think just, just naturally, I just, I do. I love animals. Yeah. Cause um, Finley, you know, she's the animals are her audience when she wants to become an actress. Yeah. I know. I think my, my poor dog Busby has to deal with that too. When I'm, when I'm reading scripts and getting ready for work, Michael liked that joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I might be, uh, I might be, you know, shadowing a bit of Finley onto my own dog, Busby. <laughs> that was a good question. I love that. Thank you. Um, Mr. Bailing, what drew you to uh, this role and how did you prepare for it? Well, I'm going to second what Bailey said earlier. Mr. Bailey is my father. You can call me Michael. Um, yes. Bailey and Michael. Bailey and Michael. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, what drew me to this role and how did I prepare for it? That's the question. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, when this first came across my desk, um, I don't know. It was just it, the script was cute and funny and there was a little dancing and, you know, horse riding and just a lot of things that I had never been able to do before uh, for work. And so that was kind of what drew me in, you know, first and foremost. And then also just the, the, the aspect of, <clears throat> you know, the, the, our writer, Michelle Johnson, and also our director, you know, getting to work with her, getting to work with Bailey is also a blast. But um, the way that the script is written, there was a lot of just beautiful, small nuances, nuances, mm -hmm. excuse me, in the film, within the film, um, you know, regarding uh just uh, uh oh, i can't even speak now i'm so sorry now i'm, I'm sweating um, i'm 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 just i still just i have an image of you at a desk when you said when this came across my desk and and now i'm just picturing mr bailey mr bailey just <laughs> you and mr bailey with like a little thing and just <laughs> just, we're just picking um, up the phone and um yeah no, but I guess what drew me in and how I prepared for it, I'll answer that question. How did I prepare? I, I guess I just wanted to find the accent. That was the first thing. So once I was able to find the accent, um, that was really it. And then once I did a fitting for the first time, you know, we had a two-week quarantine up there because we shot this during the pandemic, right? So the two-week quarantine actually helped me tremendously because we did all our fittings and they dropped off the clothes. And then once I got into them, I was like, oh, walking around in my kitchen and like the little kitchenette that we had. And it, was, um, it, was a, it was a good time. And that's kind of how yeah. I found Jackson Stone. Yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Roadrunner Anthony Bourdain with Benjamin, a Cinderella story starstruck with Kyla, and Marathon with Callista. Right now, we're continuing our interview with Bailey Madison and Michael Evans Bailing about a Cinderella story starstruck. So, Mr. Bailing, which uh -huh. movie would you most like to... Um, to happen in real life, I know I would love riding horse in the fields, like I said earlier. <laughs> you said you said what would I like to do in real life from the movie? Yeah, yeah. Which scene? Oh, definitely the horse race, the horse chase. Yeah. Excuse me. I would we love had the best to have, time. Oh, oh, a meadow where we could just go and, and and ride horses, you know, until they get tired, of course, and then give them plenty yeah. of water and breaks. But I think that would be a scene I'd love to, to do in real life for sure. Or maybe like the like the like the, the barn dancing. I don't know about you, Bailey. You think the barn I'd dancing? I'd love is to fun? just I would love to just fall in the mud over and over again. That scene. <laughs> that would be really fun for me. Let's get you out of this mud. Oh, that was a good one. No, we honestly, yeah, all the all the dance numbers were a blast. But but the horse the horse chase was mm -hmm. genuinely just because 
we we just got to ride horses and like even during our lunch break we uh we just kept riding the horses like we just had we had the best time yes we did yeah that sounds like we'll all go we'll all go riding one day kyla we'll take you <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um uh mr bailing along those lines uh jackson stone is the start of the show in what ways can you relate to the to his character uh, I can relate to Jackson in the sense that he's from a small town in the Midwest um, and that he is uh, kind of, uh, he was kind of tossed into this, into this, into the world that he's in as far as um, acting goes. Um, I, I sought it out. He didn't as much, but um, you know, my career kind of uh, sprung rather quickly and uh, as did his. And so that's kind of how the two of us can relate in that sense. Uh, luckily, I don't, not luckily, but I'm glad that I, I talk the way I talk and I don't talk like Jackson. I love his accent, but I'm not every day, I don't think. Yeah. So in this movie, Bailey, Finley keeps switching between herself and Huck. Do you have any real life experiences where you felt like you have to be a different person for different people, similar to Finley's situation? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Um, you know, I think we can all agree growing up's kind of tricky, isn't it? Like trying to find yourself and find your circle of friends. So um, I think I can, I think I can, I'm happy to say, I don't think I've ever changed myself in order to, to be accepted or be part of something else. But I think I did have to accept that uh, not everyone's going to, you know, be totally all for what what I stand for who I am um but I think what I could relate to in the sense of like you know being a kind of a woman in this business and and growing up and um and the conversations that are had behind the scenes for for my work and stuff I could I could understand you know the need of of you know her auditioning as a girl and the guy being like nah she's not cute enough and then her coming in as the guy and him being like she's brilliant you know he's brilliant Mm. so Mm. um you know those things i i could i could understand but um i think i have a family around me who just has always been like you know stay true to who you are and and love the things that are different about you and um you don't have to conform to you know find certain friends or do certain things yeah i always admire people that can just like you know, stand for what they are and not have to change who they feel like they should be. Mm. <laughs> Very sweet. Um, so, Michael, in what ways did the pandemic affect you as an actor or the production of the film? Oh, the production Ooh, of the take film? Take it away. Oh, man. Uh, I guess whenever the, the beginning of the pandemic started, yeah, I mean, I was, I was going crazy in, in, my, in my space. But, yes, once we got out to Canada and we started, you know, shooting the film, I don't think that it really changed like production i mean we we oh we had a blast bailey and i had a blast mouthwashing i mean it changed production i guess i'm used to it because i've been shooting in the pandemic for the past nine months i mean michael and i had to learn how to lasso trick rope and dance choreography in an apartment my lasso kept hitting the fire alarm so i was like (laughs) trying to like walk around so and then we had to do all of our rehearsals over zoom we had one day in person to go over a scene i'll give you that you're right I was tricked, but the mouthwashing, you should, you should tell them about that. Cause that was, that was no bueno. Um, Bailey, the movie opens. So the, the mouthwashing. <laughs> oh. Bailey, the movie opens with you singing uh, my own story. Can you share how the message of that song sets the stage for the story that unfolds? 
Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Ava. Uh, my own story was a beautifully, you know, written song. I was so excited to, to get to perform it and sing it for the film. Um, and the whole idea is that, um, you know, she's she's determined and excited to be able to write her own story. It's, you know, literally the lyrics in there, but I think it sets it up to say, you know, this girl's got dreams. She has things that she wants to do. She is grateful for her farm life and her animals, but she has so much inside of her that no one has ever been able to see that she's never been able to show. And I think we can all relate to that a little bit. Um, but to me, the the song is is a starter to, you know, the whole idea of happily ever afters and dream come trues and, um, and, and the magicness that can unfold in your own life. Okay, yeah. Um, thank you for talking today with us. You're welcome. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. You guys thank are you. awesome. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bailey Madison and Michael Evans Bailey for talking with us today. A Cinderella Story Starstruck comes out on DVD July 12th, 2021 and digitally beginning June 29th. I'm Kyla reporting for Kids First. And I'm Ava. That's what's filming. Bye. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Cinderella Story Starstruck, and next up, Calissa will be interviewing some of the directors from Marathon. My name is Calista Best, reporting for Kids First, and today we are going to be talking with Keith Straussbaugh and Anthony Guiobaldi, who are the co-writers and co-directors of the film Marathon. How are you two doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm hey, also Calista. doing good. Hello. So, <laughs> to get started, uh, how did you two meet? 
we actually went to the same screenwriting program together. So it's in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, UNLV. Uh, and Keith was actually, Keith, were you one year ahead of me or two? Uh, two, I think. Yeah. Two, so Keith was in the program two years ahead of me. I don't know how he convinced me to get in the program. What a stupid idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's how we ended up meeting each other. And we started making really awful sketches that no one ever watched. <laughs> Uh, I think we had like six views on it. <laughs> and then we eventually... That was a good one, dude. Six views was a, six views that was a was, good one. Yeah. <laughs> our, parents, our parents were very proud of those. Uh, and then we eventually, after I graduated, Keith was already in LA for two years. And uh, then we started writing professionally until we hated it. And then we're like, what? Well, let's just do this ourselves. And that was like how Marathon was born. <laughs> Keith, That's you awesome. Anything to our, our meet cute? Uh, yeah, it was the top of the Empire State Building. I think it was Valentine's <laughs> Day. It was snowing. I just looked over and... I don't know if uh, these kids are going to get your uh, your reference. That's, that's, that's dated. <laughs> uh, they, well, I would say that in Vegas, when we first uh, were in this program together, no one else was doing comedy. We really didn't have any... Like, we were kind of stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were no comedic actors. Everyone was pr pursuing serious dramatic actors, you know, serious theatrical acting. Uh, the other writers in the program were, were interested in other genres. Uh, and, and then it's like, okay, who's this other voice laughing at the same stuff I'm laughing at? I, I might as well go make friends with him. Oh, um, worst decision. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's honestly really awesome because I'm very much a believer in working with other people. Um, I have friends who help me with the projects that I'm working on. So, you know, it's just great to hear. So you guys both directed and wrote Marathon. Do you have a preference for either of the two art forms? Um, sadly, I think we both like writing so much more and we haven't written anything for so long because we've been working on on marathon, but Keith, what, what, what is your preference? I don't want to speak for you. No, no. Uh, I, the, the interesting part is that now that you've directed, so now that we directed something, it's going to change the way we write. I, I think there's, yeah, sure. there's two types of, of screenwriting, you know, one, when you're trying to, you know, get someone to look at a script, like a spec script that you're going to send out with no intention of making yourself, but you know, that other people might put up the money for that's an entirely different kind of writing uh, as opposed to writing a script, you know, you're going to, direct yourself, then, then you're writing it. And I prefer that after going through this process, it's great. You know, you don't need to spend 30 minutes on thesaurus.com trying to find the, uh, you know, a, a synonym for run that you haven't, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever you, you get the point. Like we're yeah. the, the, the words aren't, you know, you're, you're basically making notes in a blueprint for yourself to help you later when you actually shoot it. It's a, it's a shorthand that as long as Anthony and I and our crew and cast understand, well, then you can get a lot, you can get away with a lot uh, on paper. The, the cool thing too, is you're also accountable or responsible for any words you write. If you write a pro, if you write this, per this actor is holding this, you got to go, whatever this thing is, you got to go find it and you make sure it's exactly what, you know, the color, the shape, the size, like every, you're, it's on you. And how many, because how many you're, goose chases did we screw ourselves writing one of those crazy props that we, it was so hard to find? It's like, why did we write this into the script? Like, yeah, I learned that lesson for sure. I think I, yeah, I think I ended up, the worst day was when I, I had to go prop shopping on Black Friday. Black Friday. I didn't realize oh, it was no. Black Friday. So I'm trying to hunt down 
some <laughs> stupid, it might've been a stethoscope. I don't know. Like I'm, and no one wants to talk. Like, Excuse me, where's your stethoscope section? Like you could act. I could just see you like in line of like a thousand <laughs> people holding a, a stethoscope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Cause I want to both write and direct my own things. So I, I would say I'm pretty like, evenly split on both of them like I I've directed like shorts for school and I've also had to write shorts for school and I would say like I'm, I'm interested in both evenly but I totally get that yeah, you understand the struggle <laughs> yeah writing and directing it's they're both fantastic I would the the all-encompassing one the slog is producing if you're really trying to take oh. a project and go from script to screen I mean it you know, every, every email, every phone call, it all falls on you. Like, you know, it's a, this has been a three or four year process, uh, but the, and now it's gone past directing. I mean, it's really the producing that'll, that'll kill you. Yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Roadrunner, Anthony Bourdain with Benjamin, A Cinderella Story Starstruck with Kyla, and Marathon with Calista. Right now we're continuing Calista's interview with the Marathon Directors. Considering the nature of this film being, you know, a faux documentary, were there any unique setbacks when filming? Hmm. I was actually surprised on how many we didn't have. Uh, I mean, the biggest one probably, Keith, I don't know if you agree, but was faking a, a real marathon. <laughs> that was pretty tough. I mean, that we also shot, was it four consecutive days? So normally we would have at least some kind of time to go home after we've been shooting all day take a look at our notes. But I mean, the day before marathon, we were so exhausted from shooting so much. And it's like, now we have to fake <laughs> an entire marathon with all of our act. That was the one day where all of our actors were there. Uh, we had extras. We had so much to worry about uh, lunch. Uh, and then of course we have, like, <laughs> I, lo a, a I love that. That's, like that's the first thing you lunch. That's the first thing that Anthony <laughs> thinks. That's of. The, we had so many things to worry about lunch at the top of the, I mean, we'd have a revolt if we didn't have lunch. That's true. Yeah. But we, we also did have a rain cloud following us all day. Oh, uh, no. Uh, Anthony, tell the, tell the Portisub story. That's a great, it's not a setback, but in, but in terms of faking a... Um, uh, <laughs> You're talking about when he had to come down the trail and find us and is a... Or no, no, when Smart and Final and Portisubs thought it was an actual marathon. Oh, that's they, really funny. Even after we told them multiple times, this is not, and then they couldn't, they couldn't get it in their brain that this is all fake. So, the, but they set up the tent. So Smart and Final set up the tent. They put up all the oranges, right? They set up everything. But once they realized it was completely fake, we've never seen them again. <laughs> we, oh. we, still, we still have the tent. <laughs> we still have the tent. Like they, they wanted no part of uh, our production. <laughs> But that's the, really funny <laughs> but porta subs they spot and they just never like we told them multiple times it's a film you know we're just looking for some food and then the i forget his i think it was mike mike would come out and and, and ask like so how many years do you guys do this is this a marathon every year like no mike this is this is a film like uh, then but the, the questions would continue all right so they run this way and then where are they yeah. finishing and like it was great they, how, how they much had longer no until uh, the first person finishes it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what inspired you guys to theme this movie around like a marathon specifically uh, this is all Keith's baby right here <laughs> I, 
I had the odd experience of being the cross-country captain and MVP for two years in high school, completely against my will and better judgment. <laughs> my, my mother was a PE teacher, and she was friends with the cross-country coach. So together, those two roped me into doing it uh, because they knew I was fast. Uh, but I, in every, every angle of resistance I put up, they shot down. So like, I, don't, I don't have running shoes. Like, I oh, will buy your running shoes. So the coach bought me running shoes. But I could, and then I... I still identified as a basketball player. And so I refused to wear the little short short. I wanted to wear basketball shorts, but I was surrounded with, I mean, it, it's a perfect culture and community to parody or, or to parody or to satire. Cause it's, you know, a loud, obnoxious outfits. It's people who take themselves way too serious and the running um, angle really consumes their personality or their identity. It dictates what they eat, the friends they hang out with, like the running groups, the running clubs. And then it, it everyone is so, obsessed about their times and their PRs like it's you know it, it, it's an it's a wonderfully uh it, it's a it's a great it's a great culture to to kind of poke fun at because they do take themselves extremely serious well I mean at least you got to turn that experience into a very funny film so some good came out of it <laughs> I don't know Calissa I ran a lot of miles I'm still that I'm upset about <laughs> so final question what do you hope audiences will take away from watching this film just laugh, right? When's the last time you've seen one of the, uh, a really funny mockumentary? Uh, that's what we're, we're, I mean, honestly, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just get comedy to come back. Um, Keith, what, what do you think? No, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, we're not, you know, our, our intent is just to, to entertain, you know, silly, fun, enter, entertainment. We're never, you know, I don't think we have any delusions of, of grandeur. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, it's hard enough to just make a funny film. So we're more than happy if people think it's funny, then that's, that's great. A few, you know, a few laughs, then that we're, you know, we're more than content if, if that's what we deliver, then that's, that's great. Well, that's awesome to hear. And I think you guys have succeeded because um, I very much enjoyed the film. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Calista. So that'll be it for today. Thank you guys so much for talking to me. Uh, thanks for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Calista. We loved it. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media, for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.